I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. clambered down onto the shelf using a pile of books as a staircase. They wound their way past piles of tiny folded socks, a stack of clean nappies, and a little onesie that looked like a dinosaur. The trip from the shelf down to the floor was too big a distance to jump, so they stepped into the mural on the wall of the room. Inside the painting, they grabbed onto a cloud and slowly sank to the carpet. As they landed at the base of the scene, they waved the cloud goodbye and stepped back out into the room. With soft little paws, they adjusted their bunny mask, straightened their satchel, and began to wade through the tall, shaggy carpet. The noise was tough to bear. Such a racket this fleshy new human could make, and no agency to help itself. What a travesty. They climbed over toy dinosaurs and around duo blocks till they made it to the crib. Unfortunately, it was painted a plain yellow, no drawing they could navigate. They sidled up to one of its legs and looked up at the smooth finish and dizzying height. With a sigh, they pulled a handkerchief from their bag, looped it around the leg and pulled it tight. One foot after the other, they began to climb. With each step, the noise got louder and more desperate. Florette was finding it difficult to concentrate, but eventually they made it to the top, and in a deft leap, grabbed onto the corner of the blanket and heaved themselves into the crib. Baby was crying inconsolably, probably lost its dummy again. Silly thing keeps spitting it out and then complaining when it's not in its mouth anymore, like an absolute child. Florette surveyed the blankety landscape, all soft and yellow with a silk lining. Baby was chucking a tanty in the middle, like a goddamn wimp. They looked around for a dummy, hidden in a divot or a fold, but there was nothing to find. Baby, did you swallow it? They accused. Florette climbed up onto Baby and kneeled down on its chest. Baby looked down at Florette and gurgled. Say ah! Baby opened its mouth wide, showing a few shallow teeth poking through its gums, but no dummy to be seen. Those are some big chompers you have there, Baby. Florette looked down and scratched the chin of their mask. Don't fret, loud one. I will find the chew toy and return it to you safely. Florette placed a tiny finger to Baby's mouth and backflipped off its chest onto the blanket. No more tears. They ran to the edge of the cot and slid down its leg to the floor. Through the carpet forest they waded out to the door of the room. 
They peered around the frame to look down the hall and into the lounge room, where Jenny, Thrasher of Dreams, resided. Jenny surely held the dummy, but blocking their path was Trevor, Duke of Draw. Trevor was not nearly as palatable as Baby. Trevor was hairy from head to toe and insisted on dropping his fluff wherever he went. It was quite distasteful. He also found it entertaining to treat Florette as seconds to his large breakfast helping, and Florette was not very fond of that. Now he slept in the middle of the hallway, between them and the dummy. Florette began to slip down the wooden hallway, sliding along the wallpapered walls. They had attempted to meld with this design only once, and had found its geometric style and earth tones quite unpleasant to move through. They slinked along the wall, arms outstretched, quiet feet slipping over each other. They kept unblinking eye contact with the hound and slid their back along the wall with roguish stealth. They were a ninja, a shadow in the night, a uh. Uh-oh. Florette looked down at the squeaky toy they'd stepped on and slowly back up at Trevor, who had one eye peeled open and a growing string of drool ebbing from the corner of his mouth. Florette stayed perfectly still. Trevor opened another eye. Florette held their breath and pressed their back tighter into the wall. A dopey grin spread across Trevor's face as he heaved his roly-poly body onto his squat little legs and began bounding toward them. Nope, 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 The last time Florette had been a victim of Trevor's drool, the paint making up their left leg had smudged and they'd walked with a limp ever since. They'd risked the wallpaper. They pushed back further into the wall until they merged with it. Trevor slammed into it head first. He whimpered for a moment before the squeaky toy captured his attention and he collapsed to the ground to gnaw at it. The wallpaper was uncomfortable. Like those game shows where you need to contort your body to fit through the hole. Except in this case all the different shapes are just in one big stack and you have to move through them all at once. And the colours were real gross. Florette shifted through them trying to keep from itching or barfing. They shuffled through until they were around the corner, safe from Trevor's gaze. They stepped out of the wall and scampered down to the end of the hallway, into the lounge room. Florette could see her now, the thrasher of dreams, devourer of sweets, bane of baby. Jenny was sat on the lounge, flicking through channels, absent-mindedly scrolling through her phone, as if everything she did wasn't done absent-mindedly. She chewed food in her mouth but didn't swallow it, like some animal. And Da Vinci, look at how uncoordinated her outfit is. Disgusting. The dummy must be in here somewhere, they thought. Florette scampered across the carpet and peered under the lounge. There were chip packets and trading cards, a remote control and crusty tissues. They huffed and put their hands to their hips. No dummy. They retrieved two toothpicks from their satchel and one by one jammed them into the soft fabric of the couch, climbing up the vertical slope. They heaved themselves up onto the arm and looked out into the expanse, illuminated by the bright colour box. They remained vigilant, hiding behind a cushion. Jenny was stupid, and also dumb, but they'd seen her obliterate a spider like it had made a personal threat against her family. Florette would be careful to avoid her wrath. They hoisted themselves onto the back of the couch and slinked along it, holding their breath as they passed behind Jenny's head. Beside her, 
On a low table was a small pile of baby's possessions. Baby's Popo plush, its rattle, and Bot-Bot. Bot-Bot does have a squishy little nub like the dummy, but Baby's feeling chewy, not hungry, and Florette isn't about to cut corners on such an important mission. There was a note as well. Some brutish scribbles all in straight lines. It was gibberish and boring, not important. Florette had been certain the dummy would be there. Where else could it be? They pondered for a while. No, it can't be. They spun around to look through the archway that led into the kitchen. Mistress Caitlin sometimes took the dummy away for cleaning. Baby always complained it never tasted the same when it came back. That's the only place it could be. Ew, what's that? Oh no. Florette had moved too quickly. In their haste, the beast Jenny had been alerted to their presence. Jenny rose and began to turn, catching only a glimpse of Florette as they tumbled off the back of the lounge, landed heavily, and rolled underneath. Their leg throbbed. The fall had twisted their line art and reopened the smudge on their leg. They pulled it close to their chest and rocked back and forth, eyes shut tight. After a moment, they dragged themselves slowly to peer out from under the couch, just in time to see the nozzle of an insect spray can being lowered in their direction. They squeaked in terror and held their breath as the space around them flooded with the noxious gas. It seeped in behind their bunny mask, making their eyes water and nostrils burn. They held their breath till their lungs were aching. The stream of gas stopped, and Jenny leaned down cautiously to spy her victim. Florette took their chance. Running through searing pain out of her line of sight, Florette dove forward into the pattern on Jenny's horrific floral shirt. Instantly, they felt a wave of anesthesia wash over them. Their colours were bright yet soft, and the calm patterns of the waves and palm trees washed away the pain in their leg and lungs. They sat down on a small sandy island and waited. Jenny rose slowly from the ground and began to make her way out to the kitchen. Dropping the repellent on the bench, she pulled open the pantry and started rifling through packets of snacks. Florette leaned back in the sand and tisked. Goodness, Jenny, what poor eating habits you've formed. Baby's only existed for a matter of months and already sustains itself on bananas and pumpkin. Baby will be strong, Jennifer. You could learn a thing or two. Jenny seemed satisfied with a packet of orange triangles and turned to leave. Florette made them move and scampered up a palm tree onto Jenny's shoulder. Wait for it. They readied themselves. Wait for it. They bent their knees. Wait for it. They took a deep breath. Now! They jumped like a frog out of Jenny's shirt, somersaulting onto the bench, and in a sudden rush, all their pain returned. Their leg buckled beneath them and they collapsed to the bench top, coughing up splatters of paint. Their lungs felt like sandpaper and their leg was all wrinkled. But they'd come this far, and they wouldn't let Baby down now. They dragged themselves to the edge of the counter and looked down. The machine was closed. They gritted their teeth and began to brace their arms on the bench, and slowly lower their good leg down to push open its door. They tried their best to take in a deep breath and began to push. At first there was no result except for the cry of pain that Florette let out. But then, with a sudden click, the door swung down, and with it, a rush of hot steam bellowed out. The heat and water loosened Florette's grip, and they fell deep down into the machine.
Floretta woke to a pain so vast it was numbing. Their vision was blurred from the heat, and they lost all feeling in their right arm. They blinked and looked over to the side. They'd landed on their back on the now horizontal door, but their arm, outstretched, had landed in a puddle of water. They tried slowly to lift it, but it had soaked through. And as they cradled it, it fell apart, running through their fingers like wet sand. They cried, and paint dripped down their cheeks and into the heart of the dishwasher. They held onto their empty shoulder and watched as their paint coloured the water. They sat for a moment, till slowly a sound echoed from another room in the house. Baby still needed them. They pulled themselves to their feet, leaning to one side, and looked ahead to the cutlery cubicle. There it was, the dummy, red and white and clean. They hobbled forward and pulled a hook from their bag, a ribbon tied to its end. They looked toward the dummy, trembling, and began to swing the hook round and around before releasing it and letting it fly through the air. It landed in the compartment but missed the dummy. Again! They swung, the hook went sailing and hit the dummy, but didn't hook onto it. Come on, one more try! They swung it hard and let it fly. It arched through the air, bounced off a plate and hooked onto the dummy's handle. Florette let out a strained grin and began to pull on the ribbon, dragging the dummy towards them. Finally, they picked it up, shook it a few times as retribution for the trouble it had caused, and tied it to their satchel. Then they turned. How in Disney would they get back? Surely they wouldn't survive another encounter with Jenny, not with one less arm and a busted leg. And they couldn't risk waiting for her to fall asleep. Baby needed the dummy now. They lowered themselves to their knees and rested their head in their hand. But a sound grew closer. They looked up slowly to see Trevor lumbering into the kitchen towards them. Tears began to roll down their cheeks. No, why now? They thought. They couldn't bring themselves to move. They sat in silence and hopelessness as Trevor approached and sniffed deeply. Trevor looked at Florette with big brown eyes and slowly lowered his head to match the height of the dishwasher door. Florette hesitated, cradling their shoulder. But when he didn't move or make a sound, they slowly crept forward and climbed up over Trevor's head and onto his back. They nestled into his fur and held tight to his collar. When they had settled in, Trevor rose to his normal height and plodded off back into the living room. I swear, it was the size of a goddamn mouse, Lucy. It probably had rabies. Jenny, thrasher of dreams, devourer of sweets, bane of baby, was curled up in an armchair, rambling into her phone. Florette swore to one day seek revenge, even if they had to be recycled into a newspaper that would tell her her favorite band was breaking up to do it. Jenny probably still read newspapers, like a dork. As Trevor spirited them into the hallway, Florette spat a wad of paint onto one of Jenny's shoes that was sitting by the door. Eat lead, Jenny! This is my house now! Trevor wandered down the hall and into Baby's room. It cried and wailed to the uncaring void, thrashing its weak arms in protest. Trevor trotted up to the cot and parked himself alongside it. Florette leaned forward and hugged him around the neck. Thanks, Trevor, they whispered 
You're not so bad after all. Trevor stood up on his back legs to give Florette a boost as they grabbed onto the blanket and pulled themselves into the cot. Baby flailed at the injustice of the world and didn't notice Florette approach until they were beside its chubby face. Hello, baby. I have returned. Baby looked at Florette and let its cries fade to sobs. Baby, I am pleased to inform you that I have retrieved your dummy. Florette reached down and untied the dummy from their satchel. They held it up high, and with a happy gurgle, Baby grabbed it with both hands and popped it in its mouth. Baby chewed gratefully and closed its eyes, cuddling up into its blanket. Florette smiled weakly and made their way down from the cot. They limped through the carpet field and with a heavy breath, climbed back into the mural. A cloud was already waiting for them. They took a seat and slowly it raised them up. Under the painted sky, they climbed their soft green hill and sat beneath the cherry tree. They watched as Baby drifted off to sleep. World building, world building, world building, world building. <laughs> Coming at this with very different energy levels. We've just eaten some food and I I have a good amount of food and it's made me energetic. Whereas Jasper is now taking a long sip of some iced tea. <laughs> because they're That's very tired. Good. Hot damn. Can, I, can I try? Yeah. I mean, I don't have to no, try. No, just, just try it. Just, I mix three different teas together. Damn, that's oh right. It's really like it's right. oh my! It's got such a deep flavor. It's like got a right? second kick, but it's really lovely. It's nice, and it's got a good aftertaste too. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Like the aftertaste is nice. It's not too sweet. I always find with iced tea that it's too sweet. No. Yeah. It's two teaspoons of sugar. Mm. In the huge ass bottle. It is huge, but it is also skinny. So. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I was looking at it trying to estimate values, and I was like, I have no idea. I don't even know. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going first? Uh, you, you seem excited. So uh, well, first. I did go first last time, though. Yes. So if you want to go first, I don't mind. Wait. Oh, no, wait, no, you went first I last went time. I went first last oh, time. Okay. That's, yeah. It's me turn. It's me time. I, have to, I didn't have my thing open. I got distracted. Okay, my first one is inspired by um, an upcoming Dimension 20 campaign that has not happened. And also just a bunch of, bunch of movies. This, this concept has been done a lot, but I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Little World, a hidden story about tiny people. Yes. So, here's a who. Exactly. Like, uh, just little people mm-hmm. running through the, it's, you know, sort of a Toy Story vibe and, and uh, you know, trying to remain hidden and do their little I, machinations. I assume it was going for a cute vibe because 
my mind has gone to that one episode of Adventure Time where Finn finds all the little versions of themselves and plays God and then everything like is manipulating his friends' yeah. relationships and yeah. it's it's <laughs> sort of playing the Sims. I mm. don't remember that episode yeah. being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean there there's a lot that you can do with it, but I think just just a little like as a kid I would always imagine small societies. I just had this this idea about like aliens that steal stuff from earth mm-hmm. but only like small amounts of, and they have like really weird like they steal like poo and stuff but they also just like steal like a tiny amount of electricity out of a power line and they're mm. just constantly like hidden throughout the world cool. taking things and then selling it in the black market in space thinking about it, i do know quite a few different stories of little worlds yeah there are so many like oh, what's one there's of the- um arietti is the studio ghibli movie um, so um i can't remember the, the actual title um, oh there's a video game i love just called Little Nightmares. I literally wrote an essay on it in high school. I think we talked about this because you brought up Little World as a, as a story idea once, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." And I, it's sort of been no, it, not on the podcast, just like when we were talking about. Oh, okay. I think when we were initially concepting the podcast, even or maybe you brought oh. it up in relation to something I don't remember. Hmm. Um, so it's been bouncing around in the back of my head, and I was like, "I want to do it because yeah, um, Dimension Twenty College Humor D and D Show is doing Tiny Heist with the McElroy Brothers yeah. in January, and I am." so excited it's gonna be great yeah like they're like little pixies and i think one of them is a sentient toy i don't know if we do that vibe but yeah yeah so that's my first one i love it i'm very excited about that's fantastic okay this one is i guess a little um off base no it's a bit different it's uh drawing a bit of inspiration from a thing and i have no idea what we could make of it but it could be cool so pretty much um, a story we looked at in our creative writing class mm-hmm. was the love song of J. Alfred, Alfred Proofrock by, by T.S. Eliot. Eliot. I love T.S. Eliot. And I just love, I really loved the last three lines of it because I thought they were a really cool image and I feel like we could turn it into something. Yeah. Uh, but those lines were this. We have lingered in the chambers of the sea by seagulls wreathed with seaweed red and brown till human voices wake us and we drown. So good. I just think that's cool. Like, I I imagine um, that classic sailors being bewitched by sirens and suddenly they snap to reality in a pool below the depths. Yeah. That kind of vibe. So many good lines in that poem. Yes. Uh, let us go then you and i what's that i don't remember what comes after that but like a patient etherized upon a table like it's it's just it's great um t.s Eliot is uh just a weirdo but mm. writes good writes yeah. good weird poems mm-hmm. yeah um that's very cool yeah, so that's my little bit of inspiration okay i like that a lot i cool. like that it's I, I like um sometimes when we start from a vague place it can be interesting because we mm. always we both end up with different interpretations of it yeah. and then yeah yeah Okay, well, I will move on to some, into my second one. Which I, sure. So this is... Were we talking at the time that I thought of this, I think? Or, like, we oh, we yeah. thought of it. We were talking about... Um, gee, I don't remember the conversation we were having, but it is a uh, Dr. Zeus world. Because uh, yes. we... You, yes. You and I talked about... I guess my, my two ideas there, how I've grouped... I had four ideas, and I've grouped them so that they're sort of... This one is sort of similar, I guess, to my tiny world. Like, it could be a tiny Dr. Zeus-inspired world. But it's, I mean, Horton is who, obviously. Um, but yeah, we wanted to, we talked about like, it'd be really fun to write a kid's book. Um, oh, yes. And creating the the lore for a kid's book world Amazing. that is just completely nonsensical yeah. um, would be 
really fun and you've always talked about wanting to do a world that is sort of Alice in Wonderland inspired and there's definitely a lot of crossover there yeah so much there's a lot of crossover there that I think Mm. would be good that would be cool yeah so a Dr. Zeus inspired world of um just nonsense and crazy machines and weird creatures I think my next idea could work with this maybe maybe not but mine is once again inspired by a song Mm -hmm. So the song is Lay Down by one of my favourite bands, which is Caravan Palace. Um, My idea for this is a 2D world. Ooh. Yes. So take a break, go listen to it, and we'll be back with you in a second. There's a definite vibe there. Yeah. I get like a 1940s... Yeah, I think that's Caravan yeah. Palace's kind of vibe. Yeah, for sure. Well, of... it's it's there's a name for that. Mm. I don't remember what it is. Um, it it gives me like um, like a a world of like L.A. noir style, mm. sort of like cool, laid back casino. That is not what I got at all. Really wow, good. very different. Yeah, no, it's 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 well, it's like that mellow downbeat sort of like I I I I picture yeah like really geographic shapes and like lots of pinks and blues and yellows I I can't get bright colors out of that song oh my gosh yeah no it's it was all blues and like I was trying because you said that I was like oh let me try and try and pitch that but it was it was too like smooth I got like really heavy line art and stuff like graffiti-esque for sure I can see that that's very interesting hmm decisions decisions Hmm. What are you leaning towards? I don't know. I don't know either. We could try to do a little combination there. Yeah, I was thinking you could have like a uh, a race of tiny people that are two D and live in graffiti, like running alongside the building. That is interesting. Stuff. That is interesting. Sort of a um hidden world in a city mm. vibe um and then they also maybe like interact with like they can like talk to rats and and there's there's sort of the small things in the city as part of the the setting of this of this world could be interesting it doesn't quite feel right no not quite it's, this is this, this is often the problem when we combine more than two i mm. think is that we lose the thread yeah i agree mm. What were our di- uh, ideas again? Yeah, let's run through them. Them. Tiny World. Tiny World. And uh, Doctor Zeus Doctor style Seuss. comic-ish-esque mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And then yours were the song that we just listened to mm-hmm. in a 2D setting. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why, but I just always struggle to f- remember all four. What was your other one? Uh, <laughs> it was the, the mermaid kind of... The, oh, yes. I don't think we're leaning towards that one. The quote. I like it, but I think it can be used in another way. Yep. I think it can be used in another way. Mm. I am getting this this cool city vibe that mm-hmm. I think we should we should lean into. I'm I I feel like it's literally quite colourful. Yeah. I don't know if that's just me though. No. Well, I think we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do we want to make a crazy little like race of hidden people who can go to they maybe they aren't two D but they can go two D mm-hmm. to like hide. Like, it's like living graffiti that can, like, come out at night in this hidden way. They're like a, a sort of, like, a fixie, a pixie magical fairy creature thing that becomes 2D. And That's then... cool. I do like that. I think I'd like to explore the 2D world. Yeah. Um, maybe in another episode, something that's completely like that. Because yeah. I'd like to explore those as a restriction for a society, like how they would... How everything would 
operate yeah being unable to see each other but other than I, line segments yes i do like that idea though yeah i think that's fun mm. as this um okay well let's talk about it is it set in the real world uh like uh yes an american sort of is, is what I'm, maybe i think even the, the 40s like yeah. 1940s america mm. and there is some sort of magic i don't know um are they like kind of like familiars maybe that uh, uh or, or just like creators of their own doesn't necessarily film yeah some kind of bizarre magic yeah well it's dr zeusian in, yeah. in a way um like it's all imagination yeah kind of they're maybe they're like yeah like born of imagination or something um well they are they're, they're it's like um they art given manifest manifestation dreams yeah or, or like when, when people spray paint when people draw mm. then they they come to life if like someone has a pure vision of their mm. art and then creates it they make these little mm. um whatever they're called sprites yeah exactly i mean sprites is pretty good yeah. because like sprites like animated yeah, sprites yeah. that's actually that's probably what they're called yeah hey, they are mm-hmm. is sprites a good name for the world i don't know um or like sprite town or something mm. um but then that does just make me think of the drink which yeah, is really weird too. that the drink is named Sprite. Like, it, it just is, doesn't feel doesn't, right. No. Like, mm. I can't imagine a, a drink called, like, Pixie or something. Yeah. I don't know. I can imagine, like, yeah. uh, like, a, like a really full-on energy drink. Yeah, that's true, actually, which probably they be pretty good. They mess you up. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it just reminded me of the... Uh, um, oh, God, what's his name? Trevor Wallace, I think. The guy who makes... He makes videos. He makes TikToks occasionally. Talking about Bang. What did I have for breakfast? Bang. What did I have for lunch? Bang. What did I have for dinner? A felony. <laughs> I love him. Um, we need to get into making this world. Well, yes. Okay. So they have a society. Mm-hmm. They are. How do they have? Why are they only in the forties? When did they? Why did they start in this this well, time? Well, stuff happened around the forties. Well, that was like a timeline. That was like a, a big musical. When did thing. animation stop? Stuff start to get off the ground. Yeah, that's actually an interesting idea. I feel like they were created by someone like this was someone's magical-esque invention um do we want to pull it from actual history because i have an idea that could work yeah let's have a look um i love the video game benny and the ink machine oh yeah seen a theory on the game theorists oh yeah because wonderful um I don't remember the guy's name, but there was someone who was like a competitor of Walt Disney and stuff, and um, and his company went under, and there was a theory that Benny and the Machine was inspired by that. Oh. So we could, um, I could look him up and we could pull it Yeah, through. we could have a look at like some, or we could make a fictional analogy mm. of this of this character, because I did think, I was like, what if it's like Walt Disney? And I was like, well, I don't want to stand Disney, um, but what if there is this fictional um uh, version of this like sort of not antagonist but like the the opposing force to disney someone who did disney wrong mm. and he's become like a dark like so, he's used some sort of dark magic to make these little chaos creatures Ooh, cool. and they are affecting 1940s and yeah and we can go dive into like fey lore of making yeah. them really mischievous and maybe they are it is he's summoned some fairies and then they've taken the shape yeah he just straight up created new fairies yeah basically Um, yes like a a modern a modern way yeah a modern way of creating them that's cool that's very cool um Um, okay okay uh wait sorry i'm just having a look traditional animation kind of started nine uh like early 1900s right um so a synchronized sound started um 
25 to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, introduction of Colors, 30 to 35. When did Mickey Mouse start? Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, Mickey Mouse uh, was developed in 1928 to replace Oswald the Rabbit. Love Oswald the Rabbit. He's a good little guy. Good guy. Mm. Okay, well, it could be then the 30s. Yeah, sort the of 30s. The period, 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I like that vibe. And okay, so here is my sort of envisioning of the, of the story of something mm-hmm. along these lines that we have this character and he is, maybe he's interested in the occult in a way mm-hmm. and he finds this like artifact that he uses to make the first of these characters and he's super successful in like, not Disney, but something along those lines. And then his boss steals the ideas essentially yeah. takes the that was a takes, big thing of the yeah time, exactly yeah. takes claim for this character the equivalent of mickey mouse and then he uses this artifact to make like this little pixie creature and it starts wreaking havoc making more of them awesome yeah um and then they're not necessarily evil they're just sort of chaotic and we yeah. so we'd have a bunch of these characters that were you know drawn by like people doing graffiti and people like kids drawing oh my god yeah you could do like a whole fairy circle thing but with like hopscotch and stuff drawn in chalk on the ground that's cool getting lured into it yes that's cool okay so it's it's like it's kind of like a modern fae modern fae is is what we're doing here but they are based around the imagination of like cartoons Mm. and in child children's drawings things that embody pure like imagination Mm. and and uh emotion and heart um are given sentience and sneak around um they can become 2d they can become 3d and there's sort of these horrible little little pixie creatures that's cool what do they do what do they want is there like a a sort of force that they're enacting um i don't know i think maybe it'd be fun to dive into some actual fey lore then yeah that's true and kind of bring down to modern uh to well yeah fey are interested in deals Hmm. I think they just, if they seem to me to just enjoy tricking people for the sake of tricking them. That's true. I um, mean, the, uh, the, the problem is the fae are ephemeral, so we don't know what they want. Yes. Which these things might be the same. If they are, if they were brought around in a, in a time by a person, maybe mm. they want to perpetuate themselves. Mm. So they want to keep people away from these artifacts or whatever it or was that the ritual even bringing in some of the motivations of animation of mm. we want to entertain people and have fun and so they might lure kids in it's like you love these cartoon world laws let's why don't we bring you into them that's a good that's yeah kids are going missing mm. in this uh in this town yeah and or kids and i guess i guess mainly it would just be kids that they mostly would have, kids yeah. i reckon some adults as well because is there like not... a changeling thing they can do maybe Ooh, where they like fun. they leave a, a person that looks almost perfect with their little uncanny valley because the mm. art isn't quite right oh nice um, that's, that's cool. cool that's very cool um i'm also reminding me of an episode of doctor who of course as they always do um one with peter capaldi where people are going missing and they find these creatures that are 2D and they don't know how to like communicate properly or something and they're pulling people into the 2D. I remember that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is getting a little close there. But I feel like this is... these. I think these things have reasonably positive intentions. Yes. Um... They're very mischievous and a bit chaotic. But yeah. I think then. Well, they, they think they think differently. Yeah, they don't aim to harm people. I don't no. think. Maybe there are. There's a faction of them that are like like ink. Um, yeah, they're like cool. uh, yeah, in um, graphite. A, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like charcoal. Yeah, drawings. yeah. There's a a um 
or even like like pure purest like white ones that are trying to like erase things and get it perfect oh. and like like the clean slate group i think there are multiple little factions mm. of them um that like probably i think okay this is interesting so what we can do is we can invent this fake cartoon mm. that this guy or girl maybe maybe she's a woman i think that's interesting like a mm. woman like the ex-wife of this disney character oh, cool. and so it's like that 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 story of like you know she made the characters he stole the credit mm. um could be very interesting that would be cool. and then she got revenge by making them maybe these the she the characters that she made are influence the culture of these fey creatures mm. maybe they were fey-ish characters that she made that's cool. and so there's one that's like a naughty evil one and so there are a bunch of them that are spawned mm. from that one that's cool what if she was pulled into this world as well okay i like that i was and wondering what she, happened with her yeah maybe she yeah she went missing and maybe this husband was then like put on yep. trial yes for having yes hurt her or something like oh, that oh that's cool and he got away with it obviously and of course he did. yeah <laughs> so, so he's still like around and and kicking but she when you get pulled in you don't look like yourself you you get changed and you lose part of your mind and you become this little fey creature i love it what if um he continues like making these cartoons and stuff yes. and slowly they start being tampered with like her characters sneak into his films that's and cool them up. i Just like a that side little note i like that do we want to think of what are these characters are they like little rabbits sort of like the, the original characters that these things spawned from you know when before she turned them made them real are they little fairy creatures or because i think she was interested in the fae yeah. i'm just imagining she's like british or irish maybe and so she really likes the historic folklore from her family and I... she brought that into she made these original beautiful characters that sounds cool. inspired by it maybe there's like a little fawn character yeah i imagine cute little animals but mm. i think that i think these creatures are humanoid yeah i just i just imagine even like a clan of little of little white ones that wear fluffy clothes and bunny rabbit ears yeah. and stuff like that. These yeah. little bunny well, fairies. They, I mean, they, they sort of look like drawings, kind yeah. of, except when they're, in the, when they're in the 2D world, they look like a drawing. In the 3D world, it's like the real yeah. sort of creepy-esque version mm. of that drawing. But they, I think it, the way that they work is that they are sort of spirits that can... They don't have... Okay, so you've got like the first one, right? And it is... Uh, the spirit of joy that's like Im- imbued into this drawing and it becomes sentient in this um, mischievous little creature and then it travels off and it finds another drawing and imbues it with that same spirit mm. um, so they're sort of a, there are a couple of these different things maybe she you know she created these characters in different moods so there's like an angry one that's like a little bull thing yeah um and so that was when she was like she was like oh i need to get my emotions out i need to get my anger out and so she made a little angry character and imbued it with that with this like pendant that she has or something that's from her like grandmother mm-hmm. um and it it became a sentient little angry creature and now it makes little chaotic angry spirits when it finds like a kid's drawing that a kid has drawn it with the same emotion and it's like well i'm gonna steal that and now that drawing is alive and oh, is this cool. little angry fae but it looks like a um just like a scribble yeah, w- yeah. with like horns and and um that's cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of like the idea of her doing some of this intentionally though i think after she realized what it was she definitely was like okay cool i'm gonna use this heck yeah yeah because this is like you know i think it, it, it was probably a slow creep at first this is interesting it's the first time that we've made a world that is instated by like actions mm. i guess belladonna kind of um and this is what happens when you do like an alternate world an alternate history sort of world where it's set in the real world you just sort of there is the um steady state and then there's the inciting incident this is the inciting incident is this woman 
I think she's Irish. I like yeah. I like this Irish yeah. 1930s like vibe of like coming to a new country when she's not very accepted as an Irish woman yeah. and um marrying this like magnate who steals her uh, ideas to yep. to fund his company. And then she creates this world that she's been dreaming of and eventually gets to just go there. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't know if she wants to leave and I think she loses herself in it. Like it's yeah. it's it's a the Fae of becomes their queen and Yeah. The Fae of famous famously very dangerous and yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Okay. I think that's that's a big part of like like we've done a huge chunk of it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what more there is to expand on there. Um, well, we wanted to, it's Dr. Susie in a way, so maybe they can do, like, they, they have little contraptions and things. Like, if we expand on her character, like, she was sort of a, a strange genius, mm, I think. Yeah. Um, so she, like, has sketchbooks that are full of all these ideas, and these creatures can take drawings and make them mm. real for them. Even, like, I, I'm drawing a bit of inspiration from, like, Goblin Market. Yeah. Uh, where Faye offer people fruit and stuff. So I can yes. imagine them, like, drawing fruit and pulling them out into the real world oh, and people yeah. eating them. Mm. And they, like, fall asleep and turn into drawings That's and cool. Stuff. So they're trying to... They're like, well, okay, this is it. So she thinks this is the perfect world, right? Mm. She's like, this is what I've always dreamed of. This is what I've always wanted. And so they have this same idea, all of the little, little mm. creatures. So they're like, well, everyone thinks this is the perfect way to be. Yeah. So they're trying to draw people in and it's, mm. it's an issue. And so someone has to come along and solve it. Yeah. Um, depending. And I guess like maybe the way is to reveal, to like please her, mm. that reveal that she wrote these stories all along and she's here and she's happy and yeah. you guys can just chill and have fun exactly and like she she wanted to spread joy but her husband stole that from mm. her um by like she, spreading joy but stealing the the source and she's not getting the reputation the um uh recognition that she deserves i like the idea that um at some point once these creatures realize that oh we don't need to hurt people anymore we don't need to pull them in yeah and they can just go like we just wanted to make uh, entertain people and make yeah. them happy that occasionally someone sitting up in like a uh the the booth of a um of a cinema will mm. find a reel that they'd never seen before and definitely wasn't there before yeah and they put it on and it's just like a little a really uh, cute little animation, a cute little animation and that is just, a, has a little bit unnerving energy a bit unnerving but, yeah. but people like it and, yeah. and it, it starts like making headlines of these these anonymous these, these anonymous movies. animations that are just popping up and people love them but no one knows where they're coming from and there's yeah. no credit yeah and... some of the art style is really similar to stuff that's been done but some of it is just completely like mm. it's like know. reminiscent uh, like people reckon this woman died yeah um, and people probably some of them still believe that he probably there are killed her theories that and she made these the... before she passed away or, or even theories that she's still alive out there somewhere yeah. making them yeah and she's trying to keep her her face hidden for some mm. reason and people like investigating like why isn't she coming forward and oh, i love that that's so cool okay i'm i'm happy yeah me too do we want to name her her oh yeah i like the name ashling it's a good irish name i've never heard that name before oh it's a-i-s-l-i-n-g so ashling b is a british uh, well, irish comedian um and also my friend had a D character called ashling and also Ginny d the the cosplayer Pretty, she does Jester, a Jester cosplay. As a D&D character called Ashling. Cool. Yeah. Let's have a look at yeah, Irish, Irish yeah, names. Yeah, I'm looking and... up some Irish names at the moment. Let's see. You have Neve. Yeah, I think Neve. Neve 
He's cute. What's a good Irish last name? O'Connor, obviously. It's my last name. Well, Connors. Hmm. Um, do we want to do that? We I would that? be down to have Neve O'Connor. That'd be great. Yeah, sure. Awesome. She's Neve O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, Neve O'Connor and then her. Although that's her maiden name and her husband's mm. last name is probably like uh, something along the lines of Disney, like Paxton, like something really British, mm. um, but like Paxton's strong. Cool. Yeah, I like Paxton. Mm. Maybe his name is like like Walton Paxton. Oh, that's too many ends. Um, Walter Paxton. Walter. It just, it's just, it's just, just Walt. Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, um, Stanley. Herman. Herman. <laughs> that's a good one. Herman I like it. Herman Paxton. Oh. Herm. Herm Paxton. Mm, I don't know the Paxley, no. Paxter. I like Paxton. Paxton. But I just... Rupert. Je- Rupert Paxter. Rupert. That does Paxton. remind me of someone else. That, okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Reuben. No, but we can't have it end in an end. That's yeah, I, I know. I just That's love. The, no. Yeah, ending it in and is 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 like the, uh, the vibe. Michael could be good because then. Like Mickey Mouse, you mm. know. Um, See, it's still yeah. Don't like it. Mike, Michael, or um, maybe like Joseph Hubert. That's Hubert. not a name. Yeah, Hubert. Hubert Farnsworth from Futurama. Hugh. Um, maybe just Jay. Jay Paxton. Yeah. Jay Paxton mm-hmm. and Neve O'Connor. Now Neve Neve Paxton, but. Neo Connor. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are cool characters. Do we want to name like the lead character, like um, Chippy, or you know? Uh, uh, I don't know who we. I don't think we know who the main character is going to be yet. That's all. Yeah, that's we need true. to wait and develop their personality before we give them a name. A little fun, but it'll be a cute little animal critter thing. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, cool. I really like this world. Me too. Awesome. This is brilliant. Very different. Okay. See you soon. See you soon. Welcome to the Sky Machine, a world-building podcast of... Nope, no, I messed it up. A, yeah. Ah! Collective world-building podcast about... No, I don't know it either. Welcome we had to it the written Sky Machine, down. a collective world-building podcast about dynamical and fantastic... Dynamic, Dynamic, fantastical, and concise storytelling. That was not concise in the least. No. Sorry, I got distracted by the puppy. Yeah, the puppy is... She was, until moments ago, sat right behind your butt there, but now is on a chair of her own. Given the sassy eyes. Oh, sleepy baby. She lives a good life. She has a... I want to be the dog. Oh, excited now, but don't worry. In three seconds, she'll go, yep, back to sleep. (laughs) God. Hi, welcome to the Sky Machine. My name is Alice. This is my I'm Alicia. Co-host. Um, uh, I always get to refer to you as my co-host just because it's like in real life all the time because it's funny. <laughs> hey, what's up, co-host? How you doing? <laughs> That's a good title. We it should is. just start doing that. Yeah, we're both uncomfortable with the word best friends, so just co-host is good. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, yeah. co-host, how you doing? Um, I just want to adjust my glasses. I don't wear glasses. I just saw you adjusting yours, and I was like, I should do that too. No, my eyes are itchy. You got some sort of like eyeliner or something on one of them? Or no. You got some sort of black goo underneath this. Yeah, one. it's it's from cosplay makeup that I didn't take off properly. When? 
three years ago. When did I... Was that... Today? No. Yesterday. The day before. Wow. That's Mm. impressive. I mean... uh... Storing it till later. (laughs) I don't ever take off makeup properly. Mm Mm-hmm. I just... Try, I guess. Just, just, just hope it becomes permanent. Part of me, yeah. Uh, so this is what do we call it? Sprite? This episode? Some, yeah. Sprite, some, I think. Something like that. Pepsi. And no. the story is still. We've got a recording down at this point. Yeah, there's currently construction going on right outside my house. Yeah. So recording anything is difficult. Yeah. They've all just disappeared, though. Yeah, they've all been abducted. I think. Oh, that's a good story. Um. But the story itself, killer, baller, it's looking good. I'm very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Last couple episodes, I've just been real happy with the progress. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I had a friend's dad message me out of the blue, like, hey, listen to your podcast. It was good. I was like, thanks, Steve. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's really lovely. <laughs> my, my dad and my brother are currently overseas, and they've told me that while they're over there, they're going to start listening to it. That's amazing. Should I give them a hallmark or like a message to send me once they get up to this bit? And then I'll know. Yes. Then I'll know. What's the word? Um, Pi- I do like pineapples. When you've listened to this section, please message me pineapple on whatever is your preferred platform. Yeah. That sounds good. Although that's... What is this? Episode seven or something? Yes. Wow, that's crazy. We've been doing this for too long. We need to stop. Speaking of... Stopping. No. Um, we are thinking of doing a Lost the Plot soon, which is, yeah, we have a couple... We've never mentioned what that no, is, though, yeah, so that's going to be very confusing. We have a couple different ideas for... Uh, uh, di- we... Like, different layouts of episodes. Yeah. Basically, I think these ones will work well because they'll be ones that we can pre-record, so yes. if we're ever indisposed, yeah. it saves us from being Panicking. late, like yeah. we have done. We've been struggling some just with busy lives. Mm. Um... But yeah, so Lost the Plot will just be part three, basically. But the whole time, uh, we'll probably talk about like stories that we like. Yes. And uh, like the other day, we were sitting down just talking about Frozen 2 for yes. ages, which <laughs> I have seen and you have not yet. Yeah. Um, and so we'll probably do like uh, just like bring movies that we find interesting mm. and lessons that we can learn from them because that's, I think, important. I mean, I, I'm a part of a little movie watching group oh, with yeah, two yeah. of my friends. So it'd be cool if whenever we finish one of those. We yeah, can... that would be awesome. The next one on the list is Tangled. Oh, that's a good movie. So I'm pumped that's for that. The last movie. one was Con Air, also which a, is a good yeah, movie. A good bad movie. It's a very a bad, good bad good movie. movie. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, but wait, no, we, have a few, um, we also have uh, another one. Yes. Uh, and, idea for another type of episode called what uh oops or stories oops or stories yes which would be exactly what it sounds like all stories stories. yeah (laughs) if we like we have to sit down soon i think and Mm. lay out a bunch of plots for their worlds and then because i mean sometimes we write stories that aren't associated with any worlds sometimes we write a few stories for a particular world like um junker has two extra stories that you haven't heard yeah um, um, both of which I do rather like, they but really, they didn't. They didn't, they w- didn't suit... match the introductory tone. Yes, I think is what we established. And we also, I, I think, it's important to say that sometimes the world building and the story won't match up. I think yeah. at, at points in the podcast, it'd be like, oh, this episode we're doing a story from Junker, but a world building from Belladonna. Yeah, because or... you know sometimes um, a world can be really, really cool and interesting yeah. and exciting to explore, but it's not built to have a story written about it like yeah. i love world building notes to death yeah and um and yeah, yeah. and 
and she's mentioned that sometimes um, the the purpose of a world is not to is, house a story is to yeah. simply build in. So sometimes and, sometimes yeah. the worlds we build will be better suited to just uh, for exploration in and of itself. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be good for D and D. Sometimes yeah. it'll be better for a visual medium. You yeah. never know. Um, Absolutely, and I think it it. it becomes very freeing then because the story is definitely like the world building is is quick part three is quick um musings i think we're calling it hmm. but the the story is the part that takes the longest the most amount of energy it's always the thing that takes us back because it's like the whole process of from world building onwards you are constructing the story and trying to make it fit into the world and hmm. i think it would take the pressure off hugely if we just got to sit down and not eat. like when we're doing the world building i'm thinking the whole time i'm like what sort of stories could we tell in this world mm. and if you could just take that pressure off and be like no i just want to expand i think on the worlds will be a lot Belladonna. more interesting then. absolutely when yeah. you're focused on solely creating the world and not the story going to build around it yeah a third sort of podcast format is uh did you have a name for it you... law and order law and order l-o-r-e um <laughs> i could change it if i come up with a better pun because that is the one. priority. It's real good. Maybe I can figure something else out with order. If I can make that into... I don't know. I'm still working. Anyway. It's we'll... good. I think having two puns in one thing, is, it's cluttered. Mm. So law and order is good. So basically, I've had a bit of an idea for a new world that I was thinking about making for a D&D game. And then I've had one of my friends approach me with an idea for a character. And I said, oh, whoops, that actually fits perfectly into that world. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. I'm already running two games and now it looks like I'm going to be running a third. Ha, <laughs> two you plebeian just kidding i barely run any <laughs> my players don't love me oh okay <laughs> sweep that under the rug how am i supposed to handle no you're right jeez anyway um i have the general premise premise for this world are you looking at my markiplier shirt? yes i am I just noticed that the there's two perspectives in the one picture. Yes, yeah. it's cool. It's it's his um, van shirt, and they recently destroyed it, and it was very sad. I almost cried. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> anyway, that's very a change of topic right there. But um, I have this the concept for this world pretty fleshed out. So this episode would be getting into the actual nitty gritty of it. Yeah. So I'd be talking about developing. Just you. Yeah, it'd be just me mostly because. I don't want to be restricted by what I can talk about yeah. with you in the room. Yeah. Because... I would not be allowed to listen to this until you gave me the okay. Yes. Which sucks, because I love <laughs> listening to my own podcast. <laughs> I do it all the time. I re-listened to Belladonna the other day. It ruled. Okay, great. I was cause... listening to it, I was like, damn, who wrote this? Because <laughs> I edit it and never listen to it ever again. Yeah, you've listened to it many, many times. Don't need to. Yes. Um, Whereas I like to appreciate the good, good work you've done. So, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I'd be getting into stuff like uh, developing the governmental systems yeah. and all of that nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. And in I feel my... like it would be a lot of research that you know you can cut out, which would be great. Oh, totally. Like, it'd be like, how do principalities work? Yeah, like, like things like I'm inspiring the governmental system on that of Sparta. Oh, cool. So... Weirdly atonal, but cool. Very, very atonal, but it'll yeah. make sense in yeah, context. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but that mightn't be everyone's cup of tea. So if it's not your jam, you don't need to worry about it. But yeah, yeah. I think it could be interesting. And I totally have. We're running a villain campaign, mm. and I have just been so stuck with the world building on it. Uh, yeah. Not because it's like difficult world building, just mental energy stuff. Yeah. And I've, I've been having this weird neck issue. Um, but I think it would be awesome motivation to mm. just like sit down totally. and pump out a big long recording yeah i don't know yeah no I, how that that'd would be great work because like 
I guess I would have to edit that. Yeah, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Look out for the Justin McElroy <laughs> equivalent of yeah. the editing of a of a video of a, of a podcast coming soon. I'm okay at it. I did that one uni assignment. You suddenly realize how many awful mouth sounds are made during it. Oh, I swear to God. I did a sniffle before and caught myself. In. I caught myself making a sniffle and I went, you weren't looking. It was great. Now, when I listen to other podcasts, I hear the things they don't cut out and it, yeah, it's the worst. That must suck. Anyway, um, because I'll be doing this kind of a deeper dive into world building, if you have anything um, world building related that you might need help with, if you're yeah. thinking about how do I figure out like the kind of uh, weather or how they get sources of food, that's the stuff I'm going to need to go through as well. So yeah. if it's something you need help with, let me know. And, I'll, and we'll do the research I'll, together. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you my yeah. process for figuring that thing out. Yeah, there are so many like Artifexian and so many other YouTube channels out mm. there that cover these things in, I think, really cool ways yeah. that you can totally rip from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, part of the community aspect of this podcast is people sharing their inspirations and... Uh, things that they draw from with each other and with us and hopefully we can do the same yeah so, awesome awesome i'm sorry is there a cat in here my eye is a really issue you said this yes are you allergic to me are you a cat <laughs> what no that's crazy <laughs> that's insane no wonder charlie barks at you so much yeah she does she is excited and disobedient I try i'm like hey stop now and she's like i'll keep barking doesn't yeah, listen she, to me. That's okay. That her intelligence isn't marked by how responsive she is to humans. I never said it was. Just mind you, it does she just when a towel is placed on her head, she does just sit, just sit there. That's amazing. That I mean, it's like cats when they put like hair. Oh no, we put like tinfoil on a cat's head and they just like wig out. Yep. I've never done it, but I've just seen maybe memes. Maybe her equivalent of just remaining under the towel is like our equivalent of just going accepting that the world is falling apart though. So maybe it's like hyper intelligence. We're so aware that it's gonna end that's what's the point of fighting against it anymore? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does that yeah, mean maybe. it's time to stop now? No, we haven't done any of the stuff we have to. I know well, it's, hurry it's, up. it's long. Um because I had uh, a tip. Quick, say it then. Hope. Okay, so my tip that I had was I went and saw Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. Try not to spoil here, but there is a moment sort of towards the end where they pulled a punch. And it's a kids' movie, so I'm like, that's fine, like plot wise. You mm. know, there's supposed to be a repercussion for an action. Yeah. And my friend made an argument to me that she was like, well, that didn't happen because of the metaphor in the movie that they saved it. But mm. I was like, I think it would have been cooler and a better lesson mm-hmm. and more interesting and more compelling if they hadn't pulled that punch. Yeah. If that if that hit had landed. Yeah, I, I saw that um recently actually. Uh season three of The Dragon Prince came out and I mm. really, really love that show. Yeah. And it, this is something that actually happened in season two. I'm not gonna say what it is. Um I don't know. Yeah, something happened yeah. uh that was something negative against the character and yeah. then they pretty much fixed it almost right yes. away. And I'm like, no, I think it would have been more interesting to stick with it. Matt Colville always talks about verisimilitude, which is the belief that the world is real, I mm. think is, it's just like believability. Mm. Um, and if you pull your punches, uh, you degrade the rules of your story. Mm. Um, if something, you know, if someone pulls a trigger in a gun, a bullet's going to come out mm. and it's going to hit something. It may yeah. not hit a person, but yeah. Yeah. Like, um, in, in this example, because well, I was sat and rewatched it last night, um, watching it, I was like, okay, um, 
this bad thing happened to this person and someone else came in to try and fix it. Yeah. So like I think it would have been interesting if they didn't fix it, yeah. but it was in that person's character to attempt to fix it. So in that yeah. case, I think you need to still have them try to fix it, but yeah. then block them from doing exactly. so. Then you get the kind of best of both worlds. You can worlds. make any in fiction. It's, it's funny that people always talk about, it's like, well, the character in this could do this and they do that. It's like, yeah, you can make any in fiction justification at any point. Mm. That's another issue. There was an in fiction justification for yeah. this punch being pulled in Frozen. But it was an in-fiction justification that made me instinctively go, wait, what? Which is bad. Yeah. Um, that's, again, it destroyed the verisimilitude. Because up until that point, it was very grounded. There's, like, one scene where it's, like, Elsa's trying to cross an ocean and it's really long and really gritty. And it was, mm. like, really, like, a lot of the movie was very, like, weirdly gritty and realistic. Cool. I know. It was, it was, it was cool. I mean, a lot of it was also... Olaf but like mm. there was this this cool like tone to it that I very much enjoyed and then this thing happened and I went hang on <laughs> why are you, is this happening um not pulling your punches is my tip um yeah. and I don't mean do the George R. R. Martin kill everyone all the time thing no it needs it, if something naturally feels like it is going to happen and you yes. need to divert the course to stop it from happening yes. don't just let it go exactly kill your darlings is something that I said very mm. early on um and I think that's what I meant yeah I meant um it's not like George R. R. Martin. I, I think the like the production team for the Game of Thrones TV show missed out on what Martin was going for in the books when he would kill off characters. It was because, like, uh, it's not really spoilers. Book came out literally what nineteen years ago or something more twenty three years ago twenty. Okay, 1996. Go for it. 1996, I think. Um, Game of Thrones spoiler warning. Yeah, for season one. Um, Eddard Stark dies at the end of season one. You Mm -hmm. think he's the protagonist the whole time and he gets his head chopped off. Mm. And the whole time, I remember my friend Chai watched it and he went... He he told me, he's like, I was watching that the whole time expecting him to be saved. Mm. And then the sword comes down and chops his head off and it falls on the ground and you're like, hang on a second. Yeah. Because there are so many characters that could do something. Mm. if it were another story but it is a story grounded in its own rules you know it's not like realism or whatever it's the rules of the fiction of the world which aren't just like the laws of physics they are the rules of storytelling Mm. Um, they are equally as important in a fictional world and in this world people can't leap 30 feet and kill 50 guards or whatever there are all of these guards and he is in chains and there is no army coming to stop them, so he's yep. going to get his head cut off. Yep. And it teaches you very early on. Actually, it's the end, like halfway through the season, to far, halfway through the first book, close to the end, but still pretty early on. Uh, actually, I guess it first. Anyway, teaches you very early on that this is how the world works. Yeah. And people got the wrong lesson from that, and they're like, "Oh, so you just have to kill your characters?" It's like, no, no not exactly. No. You got to earn a death, but mm. once a death is earned, you can't back down. Yeah. Um, and that's drama. That's that's conflict mm. and release. Hmm. Uh, very good. Awesome. That's that's a good tip. That's my tip. Yeah. Um, and I managed to not spoil the fact that Elsa gets the Iron Man suit. Oh no! Damn it! Oh no! Come on! I'm so sorry. I haven't seen it yet. Damn it! I bought my tickets and everything. Well, now you just got to refund them because there's no point in going. <laughs> no. Uh, cool. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Email this to your grandma. I don't know. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get. We'll think of a thing. Put this. Print this out. Fold it into a paper airplane and throw it at your crush. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Don't do that. That's. It's impossible. So it's fine. Absurdism.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.